Welcome to the New Regime Podcast, Cleveland Browns podcast recorded immediately after every single game. Call it New Regime because most of us are ready to start over with a new regime after every game. And man, aren't you feeling it now? How bad and how up and down was this team today? They look like a young team and we got a little bit of things to talk about while we're all fuming with a loss on a 60-yard field goal in overtime. My name's Nick. I'm the host. Find us on Facebook, on Twitter, at New Regime Pod, and I cannot believe what just happened. I want to start off with the biggest letdown of the game, which was getting the ball in overtime on the positive side of the 50-yard line, and somehow you your offense just kind of self-destructs. And it was sort of indicative of the full day, of what happened on the offensive line. Because I felt like the offensive line played horribly today. You watched our left tackles look quite bad. Just, you know, this is my initial reaction right after the game. So I felt like Hubbard and Harrison both looked bad when Carl Nassib, a guy who couldn't even make your team, gets two sacks. I think it's time to reevaluate your tackles. Um, The fact that we've been awful all year at running screen passes, especially in vital moments. I don't know why we keep calling those plays in vital moments of football games. You shouldn't run your worst plays at the most important times of the game. So a couple of things and, you know, the biggest, most disappointing thing was we should have won this game in overtime. We're on the positive side of the field. Um, Peppers puts the ball on the ground, loses the game for us, despite the defense actually, you know, having a couple sacks that made it very, very difficult uh, to to even, you know, attempt a field goal. And then that pass right before the field goal that put him in position to kick it um, also didn't seem like a, a good defense they had in there. But, you know, you got to give Jameis Winston credit because it was a good pass, good catch right there on the sideline. Okay, let's go down the stats a little bit. Uh, Baker Mayfield had went 23 of 34, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Um, had a rating of 104, but, you know, in the beginning of the game, I would say the first half of the game, they looked tentative. He took some sacks. Uh, he wasn't throwing the ball down the field. We, I didn't like a lot of the play calls. The offense seemed completely out of rhythm. You know, I would say towards the latter half, uh, second half at the very end there, you know, it looked like they had the momentum. It looked like things were kind of coming together. And then again, things just stalled. You know, you want to see Baker take those next steps as a guy you think is your franchise quarterback, I think is our franchise quarterback. And, you know, I felt like there are certain times when your quarterback needs to make some plays. I felt like he did with the touchdown to Landry in regulation, but you want to see your quarterback make the plays in overtime when the game is on the line. And Jameis Winston did, to his credit. Honestly, I didn't think Jameis Winston was that good. I was not thinking this guy was a great player. Um, Had 365 yards today. He had two interceptions, so the Browns did take the ball away from him. Uh, Also got sacked four times, a rating of 66. But the difference was he made some plays at the times he needed to make the plays. Uh, Guy made some really nice kind of third down plays that um, just sort of frustrate a defense. You know, your defense hangs in there and then he'll fall forward and, you know, get a first down for his team or that touchdown he had. Take a look at the run game on the Brown side. 18 carries for 80 yards by Nick Chubb, 4.4 yards per carry. Had the touchdown long of 21. 
I look at the offense today and it felt like they were coming together again, sort of in the fourth quarter, but they looked very much out of sync um, most of the game. You know, I'm not sure, still not sure exactly why Nick Chubb only has 18 carries and Duke Johnson only has one carry on this offense when you have a rookie quarterback. It just seems like the obvious thing to do to run the ball more than 19 times in a game. And you're playing from behind a bit, so I recognize that. Um, it also just the offensive line in the run game looked bad. Um, you know, that great run by Baker, you know, I thought that was going to be the turning point of the game first and 30, I think it was. And he ends up with a 35 yard run with a shot to the head, gets up and basically pumps up his whole team. So I thought that was a huge momentum swing. And I really thought that was going to be just the complete turning point of the game. I thought the Browns were going to take over and win the game. Um, just didn't happen, you know, and then you look at the Tampa Bay rushing side of the ball. Um, Jameis Winston led the team with rush yards, uh, 55 yards, had a touchdown. I thought their running backs looked better than the stat sheet indicates. 11 carries for 30 yards by Peyton Barber. Uh, Ronald Jones had six carries for 13 yards, so they really weren't that effective in running the ball. I expected to see some more end arounds, and Jamie Collins had the nice stuff on Deshaun Jackson uh, uh, in overtime. So you liked seeing that. They did make some adjustments on the issues they had last week. Looking at the receiving, Jarvis Landry, 10 catches, 97 yards, a touchdown. Great touchdown there at the end. Um, David Njoku had another drop this week, four receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. So, you know, he has a drop occasionally, but does make some of those plays that only he can make. Uh, Fells isn't making some of the catches we saw Njoku make today, so give him credit there. Ratley, three catches, 23 yards. Um, you look at him, you know, as a rookie stepping up. He looks better than Callaway right now. Uh, Callaway, one catch for 14 yards. Come on, dude. We need to see you more on the stat sheet. Duke Johnson, four catches, 23 yards. Looks like he's kind of stepping up where Antonio Callaway should be. So you have Jarvis Landry, and then you have a tight end, uh, you know, sixth or seventh round wide receiver. <laughs> so you don't have a lot of options at receiver. And that's a strength that I, th I thought we would have. A, that is a strength at the beginning of the season. When we, we were talking about Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry being on the field at the same time, you saw Callaway burning defenses in the preseason. You're like, okay, we got a shot here. We got a good receiving core. We got our young players that aren't being depended upon. And now here we are depending on our, our youngest receivers, you know, to make the biggest plays. Uh, Mike Evans, on the Tampa side, had seven receptions, 107 yards, um, just kind of made plays when he needed to. Same with O.J. Howard. Looks like, you know, a real first-round pick as well. Had the big drop uh, at one point. So kind of nice to see other young players on other teams making a mistake, you know, once in a while too. We forget that some of the guys on the Browns are, you know, two years in. They got a lot of work they still have to do. Uh, and then you look at the the Browns' side of the ball on, uh, on defense, you know. Um, Jabril Peppers lost lost that fumble. That was the the whole thing. That was the whole game, right? Um, you know, you looked at the fumbles that the Browns had. Had a couple takeaways. Had a couple interceptions. You know, in a game where you're you're taking the ball away four times, you're supposed to win the game. This is another one of those games. The Browns lost, and they should have won. Um, how how do you lose a game when you you you've turned the ball over or you take the ball away? You know, four times. Um, Browns had had a couple uh couple fumbles you know themselves and you hate seeing that the defense so looking at the defense Demarius Randall played corner today 
And you know what? It's like you go with these guys not playing the position they've been playing all season. Uh, Body Calhoun had to step in there. Overall, it's weird. You know, you look at Winston, and he had a lot of yards passing today, but I felt like overall the Browns played okay in the secondary. I mean, they weren't fantastic. You saw a few times they had communication issues, which sort of reeks of missing your middle linebacker, you know, your quarterback of the defense. And um, another, a couple other positives I want to take away from this game. Miles Garrett had two sacks, tackle for loss. Agba finally showed up in the stat sheet, uh, had a couple passes defended, had 1.5 sacks, one tackle for loss, seemed to be all over the field. One of the big things we saw today, though, one of the big problems of this game, um, and I think we're going to hear it and harp on it a lot, are the penalties. I mean, did we have, what did we have? Almost 100 yards in penalties? 114 yards in penalties we had today. If you're looking for a difference in the game, it's you know, stupid penalties. And penalties happen throughout the course of a game, but, you know, we had two 15-yard penalties right there, you know. But you talk about 114 yards. That's one entire length of a football field, right? That's a touchdown. That's the way these guys look at it. So you look at just the overall team stats, and that's kind of the glaring thing, the big turnover in crunch time and then the penalties. And, you know, very, very, very young team that we have, and you want to see that stuff getting curbed. You want to see those stupid mistakes slowing down. And we're at the point in the season where we have to start asking those questions. A couple plays I want to highlight today. You know, Baker um, had his ups and downs this whole game. I thought he held onto the ball again too long this game. And it showed in some of the sacks that he took in the wrong times of the game. Um, I felt like there were certain times during the game, too, where he was looking too much in Landry's direction, sort of staring him down a little bit, not going through these progressions fast enough. Uh, so you want to see him make a little bit more progress there. <clears throat> uh, Landry made that one catch for the touchdown that reminds you why he's getting paid the money he is, because we haven't seen a catch like that from him in a couple games. And he had a couple really nice big catches where he went up, caught the ball, made difficult catches. And so you, you know, have to give him a little bit of credit because we hadn't seen it over the last couple games. You look at some of the calls today by the refs, you know, they also had some questionable calls again today that you were just like, what just happened? How did they miss another false start penalty today? I mean, that's two weeks in a row of missing false start penalties, which everybody in the entire stadium can see. Granted, this week, Miles Garrett had the sack, so you liked seeing that. But some of those things that, you know, um, are obvious on the fan side, like if the fans are amazed um, that it wasn't called, then there there still is a big issue with officiating in the NFL. And, you know, you had a couple missed holding calls, I felt like, on Garrett. I thought he was even more disruptive than his two sacks would indicate. Um, and his fumble, that his forced fumble that he had. I mean, this guy is on pace to be a defensive player of the year. I didn't feel like I heard Denzel Ward's name much today, which usually is a good thing when you're talking cornerback. Um, didn't seem like he got picked on too much, but, you know, I'm only going by how much I heard his name. So he may have given up some passes, but it seemed like he was playing his part. So, you know, you look at Baker, you look at Chubb, you look at Ward. These are all high 
round draft picks, first and second round draft picks, getting a lot of time, a lot of experience, and I think it's something we should be positive about. This is different than last year where we had guys who probably had no business starting, no business being our top receivers, no business being our top quarterback playing, and you know, this team is still different than last year. I, I'm, you know, looking at Twitter and I see a lot of upset people. People are, you know, still saying fire Hugh, fire Hugh. And I think a lot of people are upset with, with the overall flow of the game. But this team should have won this game again. And, you know, maybe that is a reason to fire your head coach because you need a leader who's able to push his team forward to win a game that they should have won. Again, looking at the turnovers, um, looking at the way the Browns kind of came back in this game, you really felt like the momentum shifted. And to have them lose on a 60-yard field goal just seems insane to me. One thing I want to call out uh, watching this game are the fans. Um, you know that the Browns fans showed up to this game. I don't know if you could hear it from where you were listening, but it was kind of incredible listening to an away game and noticing Browns fans. Like there were a significant amount of Browns fans there where you could hear cheering during this. And this seems like something that is very rare that we haven't had in a long, long time. Our fans haven't really cared enough in the last however many years because we just haven't had a team worth being excited about. So for us, for, for those of us who think that this is the same old team, I think the fans are starting to change their belief system too and just how much we really think this team has potential, which is why I'm still not wanting to fire Hugh. I think I'm very much in the minority on that. I would say I'm probably uh, 10% of the people who want to keep Hugh Jackson. And the reason I don't want to start over is is you just have a whole new system that gets put in place. Anytime you bring a new head coach in, you're going to have a whole new system and then you're going to have a whole new set of excuses. And so I'm not ready for that. I want to see them play out this season. I want to see them progress throughout the season. And I, I hate that we lost today. It's insane that we lost today. But I'm still in favor of keeping Hugh Jackson. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. Um, I felt like some of the play calling was bad today. And Haley's the guy that a lot of us want to take over the team, right? But... If you looked at some of his play calling today, I thought it was horrific. I thought down at the goal line when we had, you know, first and goal at like the two yard line and we try to throw it in on first down, it's like you have three chances from the two yard line, stop being cute, run the ball in. And they got stopped right on the cue sneak. So it's another thing. I think we could always second guess our head coach, but I felt like in a lot of cases, Haley was, wasn't his best today. So there are things to think about when you say fire Hugh Jackson in the middle of the season and putting Hugh Jackson on the street, having Haley be the head coach. Now you're in the same situation you were last year, which is head coach, also the offensive coordinator. And so I'm reluctant to fire Hugh Jackson. I really am. I think this team still has a lot of room for growth. This team is much better than the record indicates. And the big thing is keeping the team together because you have these two losses in a row that look ugly. Uh, last week's loss was terrible. This week's loss, you should have won. Your team just didn't finish. 
That's the name of the game with this this team right now. It's a young team. They've played a lot of close games, and I honestly feel like this experience is going to pay off. It will pay off if we have a little bit of patience with it. Last year, it wasn't even a team. Last year, we nobody would have won with that team. This year, we do have a team, and it just needs belief, and it needs it needs to grow. So, I don't know. I'm still sticking with it. I don't want to fire Hugh Jackson. Questions on Hugh Jackson. So, that call to go for it. Um, second quarter, when you're down, uh, you know, by a couple of scores, instead of kicking the field goal, you go for it on fourth down. It's where Baker fumbled the ball backwards out of bounds. I hated that call. All right, so I'm not in favor of all the calls I'm seeing from Hugh Jackson. Uh, I thought that call was ridiculous. You're taking points off the board. You need those points before you go into half. It's sort of stupid to risk it at that point. And so there are questionable calls that he makes. I think the call, though, to be aggressive shows belief in your young team, and that's a good thing. But once you don't make it, everybody and their brother is going to be questioning what your decision was there. And I didn't like it before the call. I say take the points. Take the points. You have still a half to come back. And that would have been the difference in the game, right? If we take three points there, um, it's, you know, obviously the whole game doesn't necessarily play out the same way, but that's three points that we have. And, you know, we're game winners in regulation. So some things to think about there, uh, stupidity, overthinking, you know, some of those calls are awful by Hugh Jackson. I'm just more reluctant to fire him because we get into the same situation we were last year, same coaching situation we were last year. Um, and, and I don't know how much it's going to help, help the team at this point. If you fire him in the off season, that's another option. But right now I say you roll with your, your coach, look at things and reevaluate things at the end of the season. All right, one more thing. Browns uniforms looked better this week than they did last week. We should definitely go with the brown jerseys at home. It's ridiculous that we wear the white ones. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We're going to get we're going to turn this around. I'm telling you Browns fans, keep the belief. Let's do it. Go Browns.